Aloha, everyone, and welcome to the Hawaii Shoots podcast called How Do You Shoot That? The podcast about everything filmmaking and photography here in Hawaii. As always, I am here with my amazing co-host, Janet Liu. Hi there. We had um, my intern, who's now on staff with us, Jeff Ariola. Woohoo! Uh, he, he came into the office this morning and asked me, this very interesting question, which is, hey, Brad, do you have an off switch? I think it's inspired by some of the conversations he's had with some friends recently about, um, you know, as a, as a young budding filmmaker or entrepreneur, do you ever stop thinking about work, business, filmmaking? Like, are, are there days where you are able to actually get away from everything and just stop and rest? And my initial answer was no. Jen, how do you deal with that? I mean, you, you, you're constantly in business, you're doing social media, you're doing all kinds of other things. Do you have an off switch? You know, for a long time I didn't. And I worked with a wonderful gal named Adrian, and she was my boss at a job. And she, she allowed me to work there once a week and it was like a very fulfilling job and I really enjoyed it. And she would always see me come in and I'd be like super rushed. I'm coming from one thing. After work, I go to another. And she told me, she was like, Jen, I want you to take this weekend off. So I was like, are you firing me? And she's like, no, it's really important for you to slow down. And I used to think like I can slow down when I'm, when I'm old, you know, when I, when I can't be fast. But I've learned more recently than not that, you know, really being slow and you know, taking that break really will help speed up the creative process or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, for like my line of work specifically, um, you know, in social media, it's about always pumping out information, right? Getting the, you know, reacting to comments or whatever. And sometimes you will have errors and that is not good because you might mean to say one thing. And nowadays with the adaption of screenshotting, it could, it could be very detrimental. So, you know, to your company, to your reputation. So I really try to take a breath. If it doesn't get out that one second, I don't think our world's gonna come crashing down, especially, you know, if you want something quality, you know, taking that time. When, when I worked with Adrian, sorry, going back to that, she, she told me to take a break. And I really didn't listen to her, I would say until three years later, <laughs> but it's really helped me, you know, whether it's just taking a day out of the weekend or even saying, you know what, tonight I'm telling everybody I'm busy, but I'm going to take this time for me because for the line of work I do and, and for you too, um, being creative is hard because you're always trying to come up with new ideas. And I think sometimes you don't want to just do it just because like sometimes you got to step back and think, why am I doing this? Or even why am I doing what I'm doing in general? I, I, I grew up in the church, mm -hmm. um, active part of the church and the the constant reminder that God rested on day seven of creation is always the thing that you hear, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's so true that our, our bodies are designed to need rest every single day. Mm -hmm. and, and thus having maybe even a full day that we're supposed to rest uh, to recharge and get ready for, for the week, I think is a valuable a, a valuable thing to adapt in any line of, of work that you do or any part of our human existence to learn how to rest and rest well. And it's not something that I've done very well for like the last 20 years, to be honest. And, and I think that it has in times really hindered my growth as a, as a person, either physically 
or, or professionally because you know just like when you're working out at a gym or something if your body doesn't have that time to rest and recover from all the stretches and the working out you can't put in the performance that you could if your body was fully ready and developed and I feel like that's the same way with filmmaking and with production if you're so inundated with everything you're doing on social or ingesting all of this content from different media outlets you never really have time to just like start from scratch start from a blank canvas and just really create from nothing and it's a valuable practice that I'm trying to implement more because I think it's healthy as a, as a filmmaker, as an entrepreneur, as a business person to learn how to restart from scratch. Absolutely. Before, you know, Jeff had made that comment to you, have you ever thought about like, hey, I need to slow down or hey, I need to do, you know, to take a break? Because I know that when you have your own business, you are working 24 seven. When you, when you are trying to inspire and, you know, try to grow, you always have to be on the go. Have you ever thought about that previously? I actually think about it all the time. <laughs> the truth is I just don't implement it that well. I, I don't work seven days a week. When, when I first started in my career, I, I was working like 80 hours a week, seven days a week. And that's just because in learning it, I had to, I think we, we've talked about this, but I worked a full-time job while I was you know, trying to get into this industry that I wanted to be in. And so that just took a lot more grit and a lot more man hours for me to just meet the right people and do the right tasks to become a part of a team. But now that I run my own company, it's not that I work seven days a week anymore, but on the days where I'm not in the office churning out work, I'm constantly thinking about the growth and the development of the business. Like it actually doesn't really close, you know, like a, like a store might. Uh, we don't really have an off sign that we can just turn off and clients stop emailing or texting or calling or or whatever that is you know most of the most businesses try to have something up on social seven days a week and so that's a task that has to get implemented every week if if that's a part of your work routine it's it's not necessarily that i don't take breaks i just think on on the the days and the times where we do take breaks we're never fully removed from what we do and i think that's more of the issue for me how do we how do we actually get away from it is it taking vacations is it like going out to the beach and going diving is it hiking or or how do we actually remove ourselves from the process decompress and restart so let me ask you this brad what are your hobbies that are non-video related <laughs> uh, you know that's i think that's the hard part about having a hobby that's also my profession is that even if i'm not shooting something for a client I'm the family photographer or the guy who people ask to shoot, you know, video of whatever it is going on. E even in college, I was the guy with the video camera and recording things or, or capturing moments. And that was 20 years ago. Uh, so it's a, it's a pattern of life that I've kind of continued and still become the documentarian of life for, for myself and for those around me. And I don't know if I can stop that. I, I think it's a part of who I am in nature. But as a, as a hobby, I love to travel. Um, I, I think one of the best ways for me to get away from it all is to spend some time with my wife out of country or out of state to just get away from it. But naturally, again, I'm capturing those okay. moments, whether it's through a vlog or through photos or whatever. I want to bring that experience back to, to my family or friends or to share it digitally with people. So I, I don't know that I ever really 
turn it off. And I don't know if I really know how to. Do you think that that's, I mean, it sounds like that's probably what made you very successful. You know, you said, you mentioned, you know, maybe it's maybe hindered your growth. And so how do you think now, after that really important question was asked to you, what do you think are steps that you can take to decompress or maybe take that break? I noticed this, even when I'm in the water um, shooting something, uh, I actually learned this uh, listening to Kimi Werner. Uh, I was interviewing her a number of years ago and talking with uh, my good friend Chelsea Yamase, who many know as Chelsea Kawhi or Chelsea Kawhi. Um, when you're in the water and you're, you're, you're diving or you're exploring, you really can't think of anything else because you're struggling just to keep your breath, just to stay alive and present in that moment. And, and that's one thing that I found even in, when I was in high school surfing or boogie boarding, um, as my wife always corrects me, I couldn't think of anything else at that particular moment. So I like getting into the water. I don't do it nearly enough, but I feel like when I'm forced to do something with my entire intention, I can't think about anything else. So whether it's, whether it's going diving or going um, skateboarding or even going hiking. I, I love those moments because I have to be 100% present or, you know, risk dying. And, and I, I like those kind of times because it forces me to escape. I think I can totally relate because that's kind of like how it is for yoga for me. Like you can't do yoga and start thinking about what project you have next. You're going to fall. You're not going to be correct in your postures. And I think that's what my getaway is, is like when I'm on the mat, a lot of people are like, oh, you're a yoga teacher, so it must be really easy for you just to, to do yoga whenever you want. But in fact, you know, a lot of times when I practice, when I have home practice, I'm prepping for the next class I have to teach. So my mind is on something else, like, you, you know, we were talking about. Um, and that's why sometimes people don't understand, like when you see a yoga teacher at class, it's like they need to decompress. They need to be told what to do so they don't have to think about what's the next step, what's the next step, because that's very much when you're teaching or, you know, even filming, you're always thinking, what else is next? What is the next thing I have to do or to make sure I'm prepared for? Another thing that has been an outlet for me in my life is music, whether it's playing and singing or whatever, you know, having that singular focus on a task is, is always a nice way to kind of eliminate noise because singing actually, or, you know, performing or whatever, just, just in your own room with a guitar, it, it's really a way for, for me to zone everything else out as well. But it actually takes your entire spirit. It, it takes everything from your, your voice and your, your fingertips, uh, as well as your just your, your memory and, and kind of everything that, that you, you require as a human to kind of be, to sing and play music at the same time. So that's, that's kind of another way that I've escaped in times past, writing and singing. Very cool. Do you think that you'll take more time now, like, you know, as you're growing professionally and personally to take more time for yourself, like whether it be an hour of your day or maybe a whole entire day? Like, I know you can't necessarily dedicate every week, but, you know, have you thought more about that? I think what's made me or what's forced me to think about it more is when we travel a lot for work. Sometimes there, there's like weeks and weeks where we go where we're barely even in state. So we're constantly thinking about where's our next meal, where, where can we stop to charge batteries, like we're very like myopic in, in our goals and in our tasks. It's forced me to ask the question like, how do you exercise? 
how do you think about like everything else that's going on and and you get so caught up in in what you're doing at that moment that everything else kind of gets forgotten and if you don't plan for for healthy habits and routines and things they they totally get left behind so i'm i'm on my worst diet behavior usually when we're traveling i'm on my worst exercise regimen when we're traveling because we just don't make time for that while we're abroad so it's forced me to think about it more uh, I want to go jogging. I mean, we'd say that every new year, right? I want to exercise more. I want to eat better. I want to do all of these things. And it's really putting into practice all of these ambitions. And honestly, I just let them slip away because we get so busy with other stuff. And the intention is there. It's just a follow through. Just is never there. So I definitely want to take time to, to do it. Two years ago, we started a vlog, and the only way I was able to do it was because Mauna helped me produce it. Uh, he helped me get it, get it cut, get it output, and get it online. And without having somebody accountable to get that practice done, I wasn't able to do it. So I've been wanting to take a play out of the Gary Vaynerchuk book, which is to hire somebody that's like a personal trainer that can think about my, my exercise routines and my health and actually get me into a structure and force me into it so that I can implement it in my daily thing. Not that I'm so busy that I can't. It's just that I'm busy enough to where I won't. I totally understand that. I mean, like, I myself have a trainer and people are like, well, you're so fit. Da, da, da. It's like, I know what I need to do, but I think it's about accountability. A lot of times we are willing to give up everything to do it for somebody else, you know, but when it comes to ourselves, we put ourselves second. I think that's got to change, you know, because until we prioritize us first, we're never going to fully live our fullest life, I feel like. Completely know? agree. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people are like, Jen, you know, you'll you'll do all these different things for other people. And they're like, what about yourself? Like, I'll, food, I'll meal prep for my mom. No problem. Wow. I'll make her, you know, meals all day long. Um, I'll make it for my friends when they're sick. But when I'm sick, I'm like, ugh, I can't even imagine getting up and, like, opening up a can of soup. Just, like, that is a daunting task. Or yeah. even, like, myself, I'll be like, okay, there's nothing in the fridge. Well, there are foods, but I'd have to cook it, and then I'd have to wash dishes. So you know what? I'm going to eat this bar instead. Yep. Putting us more on the forefront of, like, prioritizing because taking care of you will essentially take care of everybody else. So how did you go about looking for a trainer, finding the right trainer that, that fit your, your needs, your goals, and your aspirations? I think everybody learns differently or is motivated differently. And I am the type of person that I need someone to be like, Jen, are you there? Are you coming here? Are you being here at 6 a.m.? And then I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I can't have someone that's too nice to me. I mean, so when I was kind of like interviewing almost, um, I had a friend that told me about their trainer and I saw her results. You know, she was turning 40 and when she was 39 at the time, rather, um, she told me, I'm going to get fit. I want to look really good for my 40th birthday. And I saw her results. And I was like, all right, I want to look like that. So I kind of joke with my trainer now because I was like, how come I don't look my best? He's like, you don't listen to what I tell you to do. <laughs> so I told him, you need to be meaner to me. You know, I think it's like my, my mom. Like, I need to have someone like that. It's very strict. And it's like, you need to do this. Otherwise, I don't. Yeah, self-discipline is hard. It is. It is. But I also think, too, like, you know, your will. Like, you know, you have always said, I know other people have said, like, if you really want to do something, you can do it. Like, it's all about how much do you want it. Like, learning to do videography, learning to do a certain craft, learning how to play an instrument. It's all about how much you really want it at the end of the day, I think. 
but I think also that goes hand in hand with like rest it's like if you really want to take time for you you'll make it a priority and even at work sometimes I'll have to schedule out saying I have a meeting with somebody but in fact I need that time to actually work on the project I'm working on I can't be in meetings all day and then go home and work for another eight hours that doesn't make any sense you know it's like I need to have balance to be like okay I'm gonna commit to this take time to work on it for mm-hmm. me so I won't go crazy so it's like calming the monkey mind by like scheduling time for you yeah I, I live by my calendar yeah it's a part of my phone it's a part of my brain and my computer and if I'm not if it's if it's not scheduled on my calendar I miss it I'm not good with even Apple reminders on my phone if it's not on my calendar so maybe that's something that I have to do is just put it in my calendar you know one hour for yeah. I went to this um, class. It was like a motivational class or something like that about like how to get things that you want done. And they said that like you got to put everything in your calendar. And even if you don't do it, you having to delete it, you're going to remember that feeling of like, oh, you know, like I said I was going to run at 6 a.m. and I didn't run like Mm. delete. I mean, I've done that more times than I'd like. Mm -hmm. I mean, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, if I can't run, then I can just, you know, scroll down and drop that running time for 5 p.m. You know, and at least I know I have this much time in the day. I think if you don't plan for it, it, like you said, doesn't happen. That's exactly how I am. Like you and I probably couldn't hang out if we didn't put in our calendars. And and that's why, you know, we miss some podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that human element is so real. I guess I got to get some stuff in my calendar yes, to yes, make it done. What I'm thinking is, you know, you, you have to prioritize rest. But how do you prioritize the rest of your time? Because you've got work and then you've got family. Mm-hmm. Like how does that play into it all? Unfortunately, my family gets like second or third like billing in my life. And that's like the whole reason I moved home was to to make sure that I was more present in my family's life. Yet I don't put it into action as nearly as much as I want to or I hope to. Put it on the calendar, Brad. So (laughs) all of all of the major things that we need to do as a family are in the calendar. And what, what ends up happening is a client is like, oh, we have something going on on this day. So what, what naturally happens is, sorry, family, we got to cut this. And I think that's, that's where some of the unhealthy habits of my work-life balance really manifest themselves. Why, why do my clients have more of a hold of my schedule within my family or sometimes my wife or my, my friends or my church or whoever it is? They kind of get second or third fiddle. And, and I feel like that's something that I, I really need to get a hold of personally and professionally so that I can have more of that balance. But I'm going to let you in on a little thing that I, I'm hoping to do. Okay. I, I turned 39 in a month. Wow. And so my goal is to create a 52-week vlog about getting to 40. the struggles, the successes of, of getting to that magical 40-year-old number. I feel like there are many times in this young profession of, of production where it feels like at a certain point you, you get past your prime and you know health things start to pick up and, and families things start to, to change your life. So this, this one-year journey of getting to that, that 40 years old, uh, I think I want to document that that part of my life and see maybe just to kind of see where it goes in this one year i think what would be interesting too is how you incorporate that rest that we talked about yep. you know are you are you going to put it to the test i think 
writing your goals down and, and having goals for your 40th. Like by this time, I want to do blank. And really, you're going to have the world watching and holding that to you, you know? Totally. And, and that's, that's why I'm not sure if it's going in the podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I told myself once a day, I just need to take a photo and put it on my blog and just have something mm-hmm. as like my outlet of creativity. The last time I posted was March 31st. <laughs> and it's, there's no excuse because there's been a lot of really cool things that I've been doing. And I just, like you said, it's like putting it as a priority. And I feel like more people can relate to you than you think. I mean, you think about like a mom that has to take care of their kids and probably have a career and all the other things in between. Being a good friend, being a good wife, all that stuff. So I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think what you said can resonate with a lot of people. It's like, how do we make it a priority? Because you always put yourself last, especially moms. You know, moms are always like, put my kids first, got to put my husband, got to put work first. And even dads, you know, dads that are working, they've got to, you know, Father's Day is coming up and, you know, they've got to do what they need to do for family, you know, be the support. And a lot of times if they're working, you know, family stuff comes next, you know, second. So think we all can relate to that I think all of us can be a little bit more understanding whether if you're like a boss to be understanding to your employees if they have to like take that extra breath and like maybe they go home they go home a half hour early so they can sit down with their kids and eat dinner or something mm-hmm. like that you know mm-hmm. come in early so you leave early I don't know but I think if all of us can kind of slow down because I feel like it's a generational thing I think about like you know before there weren't so many machines that do tasks that humans did so there were jobs for that right so like working from nine to five was a very reasonable thing and then like if you work till six like oh my gosh that person's a slave driver but now all of us like everybody i know does not have a nine to five job and even if they do their job does not stop at 5 p.m hmm. i always wonder how do people turn off that off but yeah do do you usually take weekends off the word off is relative <laughs> um a lot of times, you know, like I might not be posting immediately for the social clients that I have, or I might not be teaching a client, but for sure, that's not true. I do teach clients on the weekends. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, I'm probably always working or doing something. I would say this past weekend was the first weekend where I was actually home a lot and it was really nice. It was nice to just be like, this is what I work so hard for. I pay my mortgage for you know it's not just a hotel where I just dump my stuff and go because usually during the week that's what it is I go there shower go home go to work there's not a whole lot of enjoyment of the actual space so so let's flip the script a little bit okay. uh, because we are entrepreneurs we're business people and there is this like internal drive also this external like pressure that if you're not working if you're not like on the clock all the time you're not hungry enough that that somebody's going to take that business that somebody is 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 ready um, to put you down on social and say you're just not no, you're not you're not doing it yeah, yeah. Uh, so so we we struggle with that external pressure as well as well as that I mean that creeps up into our brains like dude you wake up at 5 a.m. or or you're not you're not going hard enough so so for me that manifests itself all the time because we're we're constantly monitoring Instagram and Facebook and YouTube for what else is coming out and there's you know a million new creators out there that are vying for our clients our audience or or whatever that give us this real legitimate competition now uh, to make us stay on the clock longer to push harder to change our entire life so that it gets dedicated to this one craft that we're trying to do so that's that's i think what i struggle against all the time do you think it's 
Okay, I'm not saying it's not true, but do you think that it's like that, or is it our perception? Maybe the guy that is shooting the vlog is like, okay, I've pumped out six of them, and then every other weekend he's at home enjoying himself. You know, it's like the perception of social media. I feel like social media can kind of give us that stress. Someone told me, how come you don't post when you're teaching classes? And I told them, you know, that's not my jam. Like some people can promote it and they, that's their livelihood. Like teaching yoga is my hobby. You know, I see Facebook pushing different yoga teachers to me, showing, you know, their posts. And I'm like, should I be posting more? And, and should I be like, you know, doing that? And I get it. But I also wonder if it's our perception because it's all about the algorithms too, right? I think it is a perception thing because people put their best face forward always mm -hmm. on, on social. But I also think it's driving up the skill sets mm -hmm. of the people who are getting in the game. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many people, like I know a lot of operators who have been in the game for, you know, 20, 30 years mm -hmm. who are not as talented as the guys who have been doing it for 20 or 30 weeks. And it's not about talent necessarily, it's about edge, it's about drive, learning new things with different technologies. And I feel like that's where the push is also coming from, like from clients who are seeing all of these things and, and they, may, they may not be coming to me saying, hey, why aren't you doing work like you know these guys? But there is this very real pressure because there's just so much stuff out there to, to learn, to, to experience new things and gosh, the technology just allows us to do so much more at such a higher pace that people are starting to expect that from the operators who've been doing it for a long, long time. I think my take on that is, I think the great thing is technology and the easy access to learn different things have given people that, like, you know, young people, like, before have to, like, quote unquote, earn their rank and, like, you know, wait 15 years and then now you can have a camera, whatever. But I think it's great that, you know, there's so much access to stuff. At the same time, I, I truly believe that the people who are your clients are not just coming to you for the actual act of, you can hire anybody, but why do you hire the people that you do? And I think it's connection and it's about relevancy and it's about how that person makes you feel. And everybody, I mean, I feel like there's an abundance of business. I know that there might be some people, like you said, like people are gonna try to compete and wanna get your clients. But at the end of the day, I think that like, that's part of building your loyalty and building like that relationship and making sure it's strong and nurturing it, you know? Having that open conversation like, oh, you saw that? Well, are you talking about this? Is this how, you know, like, and working together. I think that, you know, if we stress ourselves out all day long, I mean, there's always gonna be a younger group and there's always gonna be people learning. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's our responsibility to try to learn more, but at the same time, don't forget who's paying you, you know, it's, it's the clients, right? So it's like about building that relationship and really like, again, I think nurturing those relationships are so important. Cause I'm not, I'm not the best yoga teacher. I, I know there's always gonna be a lot of different teachers. Everyone has their own style and I connect with different teachers too. So I think like your clients are connecting to you. That's something to remember. No, I totally agree with that. The relationship that, that we build with clientele um, and the reliability that, that they've learned to trust us over years of service is something that you can't, you can't manifest in a single video, uh, whether it goes viral or not. That kind of long-term uh, relationship that you build, we've talked about that many, many times, is so much more important than the single hit that, that people often look for in some of the content. I do believe that there's also kind of this race to get somewhere first. 
Yep. There's a lot of artists who have been on YouTube from like early, early days. Yep. Day one, and, yep. and the reality is their content isn't as good as some of the guys that are coming out now. Yep. But because they were first, they have this huge following. They yep. have a lot of brand recognition. Yeah. And, and I think that's also part of it. Like we don't want to get left behind on a platform that if we had just done this like two months ago, we might have had more success or something like that. So there's this fear of missing out, fear of being last almost. You know, I definitely know that feeling as well. And I think one thing I've realized is like, you can't be everything to everyone. And that's when I tell people with social media, like, you know, when people come to me like, oh, what should I be on? I'm, I'm on all these different things. And I'm like, well, who's managing it? Oh, just me. I'm like, well, you're a sales owner. You're, you know, selling X, you know, do you have time to manage five different platforms? If not, who are the people that are on your platform? Who is that? So like, I think even for you, what you're talking about, it's like, I get it. Like, you know, you've got to update on Twitter, you have to update on Facebook, Instagram, and the list goes on. But it's like, you know, I would say focus on where the 80% of your market is and focus on what makes you guys unique. And like, you know, as we talk about taking a breath, you know, I, I hope that the audience that's listening will think about and reflect about that in their own life. You know, we're all trying to get better. We're all trying to self-improve. But at the same time, like, Sometimes being creative is taking that step back before you take For a step sure. forward. And, and I, I think that's that's a great segue because a lot of content is just noise mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. Like in, in the race to get there first or to get there with the most flashbang, you kind of forget like who you are or, or you don't really interject personality into, into a video or, or photo or whatever it is. Taking that time to pause and breathe and really reflect allows us to center and get back to that original starting point of why we started. You know what I think about is like, you know that Chewbacca lady, yep. the, that viral video, like she's so cute. I mean, she did that for fun and she was just being goofy and she posted online and then it went crazy viral. And I think part of it is like when you aren't thinking so hard, you get some of the best ideas. And for sure, I try to incorporate, I'm not saying don't do any work <laughs> for anybody that's thinking that. Um, I know for myself, for the social media that I manage, before I was always looking at the stats of like, you know, what can I do to do more? Is it more content? But like you said, there's a lot of noise and people just scroll through it. And so you spend half an hour curating this one post and no one even looks at it. You might as well spend that half hour to turn it to an hour to make something really good where it's meaningful and people are actually looking at it rather than just something you scroll by. So Brad, like after everything we've talked about, can you tell me like, what are you gonna do to help take that step back or that extra breath and maybe some advice you wanna give to our audience to do the same? I manage a team here that is growing every single day. So I'm constantly thinking about new tasks for myself, for them, how to delegate, how to be a better boss. And that actually throws more things on my plate, unfortunately. But as I learned to do that, the purpose is actually to give me more rest so that I'm not doing every single thing every single day. And so by, by being able to diversify responsibilities amongst different operators, it helps me to pull back. And for me, that's the whole reason of actually growing a company rather than just being a solo operator is that so I can bless people with opportunity that they might have never had, but also to release some of the pressure from myself from being an individual just filmmaker but I think also on the regular, I need to think about my family, my faith, my, my friends, and really put things into perspective. It really hit home recently when we had a loss in the family. It shook us up really hard. It was really unexpected and something that we're all still trying to, to make sense of and, and put into 
to place in our life because it's a big hole that's been left in our family, but also giving us a sense of, wow, we, we really don't know what's going to happen next. And so with that self-realization, with that personal kind of wake-up call that we got, we're all rethinking health. We're all rethinking work and responsibility and how our lives are fragile and, and to really take into account all of life and not just work, not just individual tasks. So for me, spending more time with my parents and my wife and my family is becoming a huge priority. Not relegating work to the back corner because it's a huge part of what I do. It's a, it's a huge part of what I love, but really putting some partitions up in, in healthy ways to separate work from personal life and creating healthy boundaries so that I'm not constantly on the clock, so that I do have time to kind of just dedicate to the things that, that mean more to me than just a project or an individual post or, or whatever that is. Being more present in the times where I need to be, but also just working 110% harder on the times where I'm just working. Uh, I hear that a lot on podcasts that I listen to, which is when you're able to work at, at 100% for the entire eight hours of your workday or seven hours or five hours or whatever your time frame is, you're able to actually do more work because a lot of people waste a lot of time at work. I find when I'm able to give 110% at work, I'm also able to give 110% at home. And I think that's my goal is to be more strategic with the time I spent and more purposeful with the times I spend with the people that I love and care about. That's great. I mean, my takeaway too is like, if you don't ask, you don't get. Like if you don't communicate to like, say a boss, because you know how you told me you're, you're managing more people. It's like, if you don't explain to people the why factor, saying, hey guys, like we got to wrap up today at five because I have my wife's birthday or something, or even a client. Like I think clients are understanding i mean depending on what the situation is but a lot of times we're so quick when we see that inbox we gotta respond to it right away and it's like does that thing need to be responded right away or can it wait for you to take time to think about your correspondence before just hitting the send button i tell people like yes all the time so quickly and now i'm more like okay can i really do that am i gonna be stressed out by saying i'm gonna do a a video and then teach yoga and all this stuff all before nine o'clock I probably can't so something will have to give and like how do you respectfully manage that time this is a little uncharacteristic but uh, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my cousin Jaren who we recently lost and the Iwase family who is hurting and all of our Amemiya clan who loved him and missed him so much so Thank you for sharing your life with us, and we look forward to learning from the lessons that we've all gained by knowing you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more about our thoughts on filmmaking and photography here in Hawaii, we're on all of the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you there. Make sure you subscribe to us on the Apple, iTunes, or Google Play podcasts. And we will connect with you again soon. Aloha. Aloha.